Tampa Bay Buccaneers are Super Bowl 55 champions, led by Tom Brady. And that's it, it's over. This historic 2020 NBA championship belongs to the Los Angeles Lakers. Dodgers have won it all in 2020. And Lightning has struck twice. And the Tampa Bay Lightning are back-to-back Stanley Cup champions. Well, if you told me that we would make it to episode 50 without being like Howard Stern banned from the internet, I would never... Never take that bet. But here we are, episode 50 of For Future Considerations. My name is Matt. John and Manny will be joining us as well. Gentlemen, congratulations. Is this happy birthday? What do we call this? Episode 50, boys. I can't believe we've made it to 50. You're right. It's incredible. Really? Like, we've had 49 pretty average episodes. (laughs) I guess we just keep putting them out. They're not going to stop us. But look at us. John, I thought you were banned in 26 countries, but apparently not. We're still going here. It's amazing. That's right. I wasn't sure we were going to get through that first one. I was ready to bail, but here we are. (laughs) After episode three, John's like, you know what? I'm busy tonight. I got a lot of stuff going on. In honor of episode 50, I looked up some things that were 50 years old. In 2021. Okay. Okay. The first email was sent 50 years ago. Wow. Okay. Okay. I didn't know that. McDonald's came out with a quarter pounder 50 years ago. I had one of those last week. Do you like the quarter pounder? Like, I'll I'll normally either go quarter pounder or Big Mac. Um, I had gone quarter pounder because it's not as bad on the calories. Got it. Um, But uh, either one of those are fine. John, are you picking the quarter pounder your next time to McDonald's? Uh, this is bad. I usually go double Big Mac. Oh, <laughs> double. I thought you were going to throw in a fillet of fish on us or something. You love the McRib, didn't you? Double Big Mac. <laughs> you know what I had one time when when I was out east, I had the McLobster, and I actually kind of enjoyed that. Ooh, oh, okay. Mm. Have you ever had one of those McGriddles, the one that are like the pancakes with the the egg McMuffin thing no. in the middle? Is it good? Oh, no. it's. <laughs> It is, it's like uh, those flavored chips that taste exactly what they say on the bag. Like, it's disgusting. But man, oh man. <laughs> you just chowed like, them wow, down. Wow, that is an impressive sandwich. Speaking of food, <laughs> Cocoa Pebbles and Fruity Pebbles came out 50 years wow, ago. Wow, okay. Was that your cereal uh, of choice? I was a Fruit Loops guy when I was a kid. So we never got to get the those kinds of cereals, those sugar cereals. We got the the Raisin Bran and Life and all the, the boring shit. And then we used to go to a cottage. And where we would go to the cottage, we would get cottage cereal. So we got to go to the grocery store and we got to pick out anything. Um, so I would normally go Fruit Loops, Frosted Flakes. I enjoyed uh, um, Golden Grams as my favorite cereal oh, of all wow. time. But the Fruity Pebbles is good. I'm not a chocolate cereal guy. I, I. I don't need my milk to taste like a milkshake afterwards. Yeah. It's not a big thing. What? But you know what's good? It's actually strawberry or whatever it is, Lucky Charms that are out right now. Never tried it. <laughs> they're don't actually, tell my kids. They're actually pretty good. It's strawberry. <laughs> Lucky Charms with the marshmallows. John, what Sophie about you? With the marshmallows. Are you a Cocoa Pebbles? I loved Cocoa Pebbles, actually. I used to get it at my grandparents' cottage. Chocolate. 
Yeah, they were so good. There's something about the cottage, right? Yep. And then it's funny because uh, when I lived with my parents, we never had the sugary cereals either. So when I first moved to college, I'm like, screw it. I'm getting a box of Cocoa Pebbles. (laughs) You're like Jerry Seinfeld's apartment. (laughs) Yeah. And they're terrible. (laughs) <laughs> i built it up my entire childhood i'm like when i'm an adult i'm gonna have cocoa pebbles again and they're awful <laughs> i've never had cocoa pebbles or okay. fruity pebbles All i right. was a uh, frosted flakes yeah. honeycomb fruit Ooh, honeycomb, honeycomb yeah. sugar yeah. crisp yeah sugar crisp was yeah. a good one too uh hamburger Ooh. helper is 50 years old that was my brother's big dish when my parents were away when he was like a teenager and he'd make me dinner. It was always Hamburger Helper. Or he'd get fancy and get Tuna Helper sometimes. Tuna Helper? That can't be good. We had that once at the Dumichel residence. Uh, my younger sister Amy threw up almost immediately afterwards and I've never touched it since. <laughs> I have no idea if that's what triggered it, but it was uh, not a good sequence of events for Hamburger Helper at our place. And last but not least, cigarette ads were banned on TV 50 years ago. Interesting. Okay. Those those commercials were pretty impressive. How much they really in in actual in actuality threw that down your throats of like how great smoking was. But when Madman came out, it was like a 60-minute oh, commercial for cigarettes absolutely. anyways. So, um, so, anyway, some things that I looked up to celebrate our 50th well, look episode. At look at us. Yeah. And uh, I was in Gren Bend on the weekend, too. Saw my brother Joey and his girlfriend, yeah, Kira. Yeah. Um, great time at the Bend. The weather wasn't the greatest, but they were uh, in Ontario from Alberta, so good to see them. Absolutely. Rashad, what did you get up to over the last week or so? Uh, I did a lot of yard work, actually, this weekend. I had finally caught up on all the lawn mowing and all that stuff. So you can see your yard again. Is that what it is? Yeah, we don't lose the dog when he goes out in the backyard. <laughs> when Bruno goes out for a pee, he just disappears for a little bit and then shows up again at the door. Just, ah, yeah. Well, there he is. Hey, you know what else I thought about for our 50th show? The Tampa Bay Lightning were the NHL champions. And Donald Trump was president. That's how long. We have wow. Been- <laughs> wow. That seems like forever ago. <laughs> the world has changed. Some, some, <laughs> some things just won't go away. <laughs> oh, man, that's hilarious. And the lightning are still pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> Don't remind me. <laughs> Don't remind me. Oh, man. Well, boys, there was all kinds of stuff going on this weekend. Hey, did you watch the 38 seconds of the Conor McGregor uh, Dustin Poirier fight? Rashad? That was the worst thing I have ever seen in my life. It was funny. I was out watching, I was out walking the dog, and I went by someone's house. And in their big picture window, there were about 15 people gathered around watching UFC. And I was like, oh, I get that thing. I'm going to go home and I'm going to watch that. So I sat down and I'm like, this is terrible. He, he's Did laying you watch on just the ground. The, the main fight? Yeah, yeah. I watched uh, about the last two or three minutes of the fight before it. Okay, I have a couple of things about this. Should I go or, or do you want to? <laughs> yeah, Rashad, go, let's go, 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 go. Wait, 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 we got the intro prepared. Rashad hates MMA. Rashad hates MMA. Okay, go ahead. Song's ready. Go. <laughs> okay. One of the biggest, most famous personalities involved in the whole broadcast is the guy who used to host Fear Factor. Yes, Joe Rogan. The ring announcer's the second best buffer, brother. Yep. 
It's time! The whole point of pay-per-view is that you don't get ads. And every 30 seconds, they're hawking you another product. They stop the play-by-play for the guy to sell you something else. And then the main event that everyone's been waiting for lasts three minutes. And the guy breaks his ankle and he's sitting on the ground, trash-talking the guy, telling him he would have won. And yeah. I was like, what? Threatening his family, too. Don't forget. Threatening yes. him and his wife. That's what he was doing. Yes. Well, he did, that. did he do that while he was lying on the ground? On the ground. I know he did it before the match. He was apparently lying on the ground from what I've read, said something about they're going to get a visit or something ridiculous like that and had put two fingers to his head. But this is the guy we need to see more of. Yes, exactly. And then Poirier tells the fans to basically screw off in his in his speech when he wins. He's like, basically, I don't care if you hate me. Go screw yourselves. And you're like, wow, this is, this is really something. <laughs> and he's the good guy out of the two. <laughs> he's the family man. <laughs> Oh, man. So they're already talking about the fourth one. If I had bet my house, and I wish I could (laughs) have, in a shocking turn of events, there's going to be a fourth one. Poirier's promised there's going to be a fourth one because just to set it up perfectly, now he's really got to beat him instead of just the fake beating him, which he's already done twice now. Rashad, are you going to watch the match? You know what? I'm going to (laughs) have to. Just for material. He's, he's now. in it now. He's in this it. is like a terrible soap opera. Yeah. I don't want to see this. I didn't watch the last one, number three, and I'm certainly not going to watch number four. And I'm not going to pay any money for it. <laughs> That's, yeah. No, I didn't pay. I, I have a thing. We, we have a thing. I, I, can't, I can't say what the thing is, but we have a thing. John lives in Markdale, <laughs> Ontario, Canada. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Are you going to watch this? No. So I didn't watch it on Saturday. Um, my girlfriend's a big Conor McGregor fan. Uh, that's her guy. Um, she didn't want to watch it because she gets too nervous watching his fights. And she knew that if he got blasted that this was going to be good night, sweetheart. He loses, literally breaks his ankle on the guy's elbow. But they can't wait to do this again. <laughs> That's what I said to her. Are you going to watch that one instead? Uh, may, maybe. Oh, my goodness. It's ludicrous. Like, the, honestly, like, first of all, the fact that he was trash-talking the guy, Dustin Poirier's wife, yeah. is low-blow, like, awful, terrible. While he's sitting down on the mat with a broken ankle. See, I didn't know he did that. I'm talking about the, yeah, the oh, yeah. press conference before the yes. fight he was trash-talking. Yes. His wife, Dustin yeah. Poirier's wife. And you're telling me he did it again on the mat? There's After he lost? After he lost, there's a, there are stories that he said something about him and his wife and had put two fingers to his head in the action of what everybody can put that together to be. So Rob, a, a very faithful listener to the podcast, mm. posted something great on her Facebook page for future <laughs> considerations, which I thought was great. He said that... Uh, um, he would take the money with John Rashad if they would pay Rob and John and have a chicken wing eating contest. Oh. It would be more exciting. Ooh. And I tend to agree. That would be good. 
That would be really good. Rob, you're on. Let's do it. And I don't know if I would pick John Rashad, and I've known this guy for years. I don't, do you know Rob? Uh, I do know Rob. Okay. I haven't eaten. I haven't seen him eat one chicken wing, but I've certainly seen John Rashad eat a hundred chicken yeah, wings. Yeah, yeah. And then we got to order. So. <laughs> But we had to wait two hours. <laughs> Actually, we're on the chicken wings now. Why did you bring him the wings we hadn't even ordered yet? Oh, man. <laughs> Line them up and keep them coming. I guess so. All you can eat, they got to shut down from Wednesday to Sunday just to restock for when they do it again on Tuesday. I think they'd be a match. Now, if Rob challenged John to a pizza eating contest oh, forget it. then it Sorry, you know rob. it's not even worth the time sorry rob john rashad hands down but let's do this four separate times <laughs> when we've <laughs> clearly decided a winner in the two previous ones just to see what happens deal <laughs> i'll get sick i'll throw up and as i'm sitting on the ground I'll threaten Rob's family and trash talk yeah, after I've that, lost. This is, yes. Oh my Who doesn't gosh. want to see more of that? <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> Just go away, Conor McGregor. Just Look, go away. He's he's what? He's one in three in his last four fights. He hasn't won since 2018 or something like that. He's now one in two against Dustin Poirier. I, I get it. I know why. But I think it's a very fair question to ask. Why does this guy get any more opportunities? Dustin Poirier's next fight is going to be for a championship belt. So if he wins that, he's the interim champion or whatever he is right now, co-first runner-up or whatever it is. So if he wins that, you're telling me that you're going to bring Conor McGregor, who's now, I think, ranked seventh in his weight, and let him fight for a belt all of a sudden? No. It's going to happen. Why? If I'm Dustin Poirier, what do I have to prove with this guy? You didn't have to prove anything with this one. Yeah, I, there's no reason for me to fight him. No, go away. And with that, we have plenty of other topics on the show today, including hockey, soccer, basketball, music, and even food. More food. More food, yes. More food, yeah. And now, let's talk some baseball after the Home Run Derby and the All-Star Game. Alonzo comes out of a timeout. And walks it off. What a finish. Alonzo defends his title. Pete Alonzo won his second straight home run derby championship. Did you guys watch him? What did you think of the derby? Pete Alonzo was on a tear. I actually yeah. watched it a little bit. Um, and uh, he was on a tear. Like, he hit everything up. Mm-hmm. He might be the greatest derby per- player of all time. He might be. Because at the end of that, he did not look tired. That's, right? that's what normally will weigh you down as you go through the dirt. I mean, you know, you're going to see the same pitches in the same spots. And, and uh, there was a graphic, and I forget where I saw it, of the pitch locations of um, Pete Alonso on that last round. Hmm. And like they're divided, the batter's box is divided into nine squares. And I think these pitches that were thrown in there maybe touching three, like they were in the exact same spot every time. Really? So the post was basically like, don't forget what this guy did last night too. <laughs> but uh, in, in the, the derby, yeah, he's got to come back and do it a third time. Yes, I think he he'd be more than yeah. pumped to do it. And I think once Otani went out, uh, everybody wanted to see Trey Mancini do well. Trevor Story obviously got through his round and then and then lost after that. So great story in in Mancini. 
great story with Pete Alonso. He seems like a fun guy to, to be around and watch on a regular basis if you're a Mets fan. So I thought it was really well done. And what about the All-Star Game? Did you guys watch that? And what did you think of the Red Carpet Show? <laughs> John, what did you think of the Red Carpet Show? <laughs> <laughs> That might have been the worst thing ever. That's the dumbest thing that you could possibly put these players through. And it started at 3 o'clock. It's not even a Super Bowl. <laughs> That's the this best part. This is an all-star game. That's the best part. You're telling me these guys have to now show up in suits, and you can't just wear a you know a black suit with a black tie, and, and you got to get flashy. And I get it. You're trying to bring the flash and let the, the young guys do their thing. Some of them are bringing their pets out there. Some are bringing their kids and their families and stuff. It just seemed... Like a complete waste of time. Right? There's no reason for it to be four and a half, five hours before the game. No, no, no. That's when they should be showing up, but most times they're just showing up in track pants and a hoodie over their faces or something like that. But yeah, it was extreme to say the least. And out of the major sports, which all-star game do you guys like the most? So that's a good question. I'm not a big fan of the Pro Bowl. Because it's not really football. To me, it's right. soft. And I hate the way it's scheduled, too, right? That it's before the Super Bowl, that you can't even get the best players from the two best teams in the game. Um, basketball ones never really got me going because it's, you know, there's no defense. You're basically, everybody's just first to 160 points. And then the last couple minutes just ends up going back and forth for like dunk contests again. So I would say baseball. I think baseball's home run, der- the home run derby is great. I liked the all-star game. I liked when it meant something, but I don't like the roster construction of the all-star game in, in major league baseball. But for a game itself, that's probably it for me. What about you, John? Yeah, I think probably the baseball all-star game. And then I think for me, second would be the NBA. Okay. Yeah, see, I, I don't mind the baseball one either because the winner, you actually get home field advantage, right? Yeah, that was uh, great. I love the World Series. Um, uh, I, don't mind, uh, I don't mind the hockey exhibition beforehand, like the hardest shot yeah, in the breakaway that's contest. Cool. That's very yeah, cool. Yeah. yeah. Um, and the, in basketball, there's the dunk contest. Yeah, the three skills point. competition is really good in that ba- too. Basketball did something recently to honor Kobe Bryant where you had to, uh, once you got to a certain total, then it's the first uh, uh, some one team had to get uh, a total at the end, so it wasn't like the run-up of the score, okay. right? So I thought that added intrigue in the fourth quarter that I liked. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't mind the basketball one, actually, to be quite honest with you. And the NBA final resumes on Wednesday night with Game 4 between the Suns and the Bucks. Milwaukee cruised to victory in Game 3 to cut the lead in the series to two games to one. Do you guys think the Bucks can come back to win, or do you think Phoenix will hold the lead? Uh, I picked Phoenix to win this. I, I really like Chris Paul to to win it all. I think that'd be a great storyline. Um, but Giannis has now scored 40-plus points in two straight games. Yeah. Like, I, I not counting out the Bucks just yet. I think this could be a longer series after Phoenix won the first two games. Yeah, they've got to find an answer to him. I, I've always found it amazing with the NBA more than anything, the, the home court 
matters so much in basketball, whether it's just my view or not. Like, you know, Phoenix comes out, wins a couple of games by double digits. They then go to Milwaukee and they get smacked in Milwaukee by double digits. Almost 20, I believe it was in game three. And so I don't get the the difference between the two. You know, Giannis has... 40 points in game two. He has 40 points in game three. In one game, you lose by 10-15. The other one, you win by 10-15. Like, nothing else has really changed in between, right? It's it's basically who's making their shots. So. Well, there's a couple of things that stood out. Like, uh, I think Phoenix in game two shot the three ball almost 40 times. In game three, it was only about 20 times. Mm-hmm. So, Milwaukee's defense played better forced Phoenix off the three-point line to look for another shot. Mm -hmm. So I think if Milwaukee's defense can do that, I think that's huge because Phoenix will live or die by the three-point. The other thing that happened in Game 3 is DeAndre Ayton, Phoenix's star center, he got into foul trouble. So that means Giannis had the run of the mill inside the paint Mm -hmm. and scored 40-plus points. He also shot pretty well from the free-throw line, which is crazy because he's been terrible from there. So those two storylines will be what I watched. Does Phoenix get into trouble, foul trouble, that they can't play Giannis straight up in the paint? And... Can Phoenix shoot the ball better from three-point land, or will Milwaukee's defense respond and force them off the three-point line and settle for contested shots or two-point shots? And when you spell it out like that, the advantage to the series should be Milwaukee. Yes. Because Phoenix does not have Giannis as as a big man. And, and we've talked about this with basketball before, is that it's so three-point oriented. I think the it's eventually going to switch, and I think there's going to be teams that get two big guys that go down low that nobody can defend. So if you can't defend this guy, and if they're playing better defense against you and, and forcing you off the three-point line and making you take tough shots later on the shot clock, which is, again, something that teams just want to rush off, get the first shot, and, and go back. If they're doing both of those right, then this is a huge advantage for, for Milwaukee. Yeah, if Milwaukee can force Phoenix off the three-point line, then they have a chance. And without DeAndre Ayton to play defense against Giannis, then forget it. it's a huge issue for Phoenix. Yeah. So. I think game four will be very interesting to see how it plays out. And speaking of championships, the Tampa Bay Lightning held the second consecutive boat parade to celebrate their Stanley Cup title. And we got another gem of a quote from Nikita Kucherov. Unreal. All the people right here, unreal. Love them all. Let's party hard. Our time, baby. Back to back. That's how we do it. What do you think of this team? Unbelievable. No, no can be, nobody can beat us. Back-to-back years. You know, it's an unreal team. Everybody would play hard. You know, I wish we could keep everybody, but it's business. You know, but you know, as of right now, let's party hard. Let's enjoy it. You know, we deserve it. And in Tampa, there's a boat parade. No regular parades. We get on boats. How do you like that? Unreal. I, I think no, nobody, no, nobody else has done it before. It's unreal. Look how many people here, how many people on the boat. It's just unreal. We posted that interview on our social media at Podcast FFC on Twitter and Instagram and on Facebook at Four Future Considerations. What do you guys think of Cooch? Manny, what do you think of him? <laughs> Listen, I, I don't disagree with what you said in the last episode. I think he's a great character. Hockey needs characters. Um, I just didn't disagree. I just didn't agree with what he said last time. Mm-hmm. What he said at the parade. <laughs> Well, he kept saying unreal. Unreal. He's, uh, everything was unreal. Ugh. And he was hammered. 
He was hammered out of his mind. Not six, not since Alexander Ovechkin has somebody gone on this much of a bender to celebrate their Stanley Cup championship. <laughs> oh, it's been it's been fun to watch. I love the boat parade. I love you know the just ridiculousness of of everything that he says. I love that his teammates around him just think it's Sergachev during that interview was just howling laughing the whole time. (laughs) Then they try to ask him a question. He's not even paying attention to the reporter. They douse the (laughs) reporter Reporter. instead. It's A, man. You get two straight Stanley Cups. As far as I'm concerned, you can say or do pretty much anything you want at this point. He had the great t-shirts made. They gave him the the Pro Bowl too on the boat. Or not the Pro Bowl, the Lombardi Trophy, the NFL Championship Trophy, too. It was great. (laughs) And the Bolts apparently had too much fun and dented the Stanley Cup. Some people on social media are calling that disrespectful. Do you guys agree or do you disagree? They did some pretty good damage to that thing. They really did. We posted the picture on our social media, too. It's gone back to Montreal for repairs. Yeah, See, it made it to Montreal anyways. Before it goes to Tampa again, but... I don't know about disrespectful. Obviously, they had a little bit too much fun with it. I, I, to me, it's a little disrespectful. Okay. Like the you know the the Stanley Cup is lauded as the greatest trophy in sports, the hardest trophy to win. You know the the regalness of it, the way that it's advertised in any sort of picture or anything like that. It's it's the statue of of a trophy. Uh, to me, I don't think it's something that sh- it should be with them in the parade. I get it; it should be, but it should be in its own spot. You know, you keep it with the guys, let them raise it for the fans and all that. But for for however it got dented that badly i don't think it belongs where it would have ended up for that to happen what do you think happened did it get smacked on the side of a boat like the with the dent on it like you can't drop it and have it happen like that right like that to me is like somebody was swinging for the fences with that thing it was in the home render in a wall or something like that i don't i don't know i don't know what it is it will you know i hope that one day it goes down to the great stories of the stanley cup being left at the side of the road and thrown into a pool from a, the roof of a hotel and, and all of that stuff. I hope we get to hear the story and it'll be funny when it comes out I'm, I'm sure, but there is something that's just a little bit like, come on guys it's the Stanley Cup, you know John, what do you think? Yeah, I gasped a little bit when I saw it and my first reaction was, that is treason! Find whoever that person is and hang them from the neck until dead <laughs> Maybe I'm overreacting a little, I don't know <laughs> Maybe a little bit, Maybe. but <laughs> and uh, some more hockey talk the Edmonton Oilers acquired Duncan Keith from the Chicago Blackhawks as part of a, fle- a three player deal Chicago also gets a conditional third round pick Keith wanted to play in Western Canada to be closer to his son so who is the early winner of this deal for me it's Chicago because that, that conditional pick can become a second uh, based on a couple of different things not necessarily scenarios we would expect i think it's Edmonton has have to, to get to the conference finals or yeah. something like that and he has to be second at least second in the team in ice time during the playoffs and there's some weird weird things to it they do get another defenseman as well a younger player more of a depth player than than anything else i think you know ultimately i think duncan keith wins this 
um, this trade because he gets to be closer to his family, which is what he was looking to do after so many years being in Chicago. But as far as the hockey deal is concerned, I think Edmonton's reaching a little bit here. I think they know they've got to they've got to find some defense. I'm not sure a 38 year old whose absolutely best years are behind him is the answer to that, especially the way that the Oilers play. Such an up and down, back and forth speed game. He does not bring that. Uh, so I think it's a miss for Edmonton. Um, but ultimately, I, you know, I think Chicago understands that, you know, thank you for, for everything you've done. One of the great Chicago Blackhawks of all time. Off you go. Give him what he wants. Get him a chance to be closer to family. And they're getting, I think, a decent value back for him. Yeah, three-time cup champ, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, goes to Edmonton. So you got to think that experience is really good for the Oilers. For sure. And maybe it is for the Oilers. He can straighten out a few people in the room if they get out of line. Mm-hmm. He's not going to be a top-pairing guy, as you said. He's almost 38 years old. I think Chicago wins this deal from a hockey standpoint because not only do they get that conditional pick, third rounder is still pretty good. Sure. And they get that young defenseman in Caleb Jones, but they get cap relief. Mm. Edmonton is retaining the entire salary. Yeah. That's five plus mil a year for the next two years that Chicago now saves off the books. So... I, too, think Duncan Keith has been a great defenseman, great hockey player, probably will get into the Hall of Fame one day yep. as a three-time cup champ. I just don't think he's the player that Edmonton needs right now as they try to take the next step. I, Duncan Keith, he brings that veteran presence, but I don't know what he brings on the ice. And correct me if I'm wrong, but Adam Larson is a free agent as well who's yes. more of a defensive defenseman. And this kind of puts... That into question. So ultimately, you not only have you traded a third and a young player to get Duncan Keith, I you may have just chosen Duncan Keith over Adam Larson. Don't know if Adam Larson even had any interest in coming back or, or all of that aside. But I think that's two strikes in one deal if that's the way this all pans out for the Oilers. Can you believe what we just saw? This is incredible. You know, guys, I gotta be honest. I have goosebumps. Unbelievable. Oh, wow! Time now for our play of the week, picked by you, the listeners, and social media followers. And this time, it's from the world of golf with a hockey twist. Mike Madonna, just inside the fairway, 205 yards away at this par five. It's on the green. Oh, look at that! Goes in for a double eagle, the first ever double eagle. In the history of the American Central Championship. That's former Minnesota North Star, Dallas Star, and Detroit Red Wing forward Mike Medano hitting a double eagle at the American Celebrity Championship. That's a heck of a shot. Double eagle. Heck of a shot. I've always liked the golf shots from that angle where even the cameraman can't really find it because it's just like, oh, wait, it's still going. Oh, wait a second. Two hops in or something like that. That was a great shot. That's who I voted for. I well, thought that was a great, yep. great shot. Yeah, I did too. It's unanimous. It's unanimous, eh? And I'll take it. A lot of listeners picked that too on social media. Our play of the week brought to you by London Awnings. Quality that shows. Yeah, and so you can check out our poll next Monday on social media accounts. We're going to post the candidates at the top of the week every Monday at Podcast FFC on Twitter and Instagram. You'll see all four of the videos tagged to the Twitter feed as well, so you can replay those for your visual pleasure and then select the play that you think was the play of the week. And did Adam Hooper get in on time this week? 
<laughs> uh, what? No, no. I think he's still uh, he's still looking for. <laughs> Damn it! Hooper. I did put it. I did put in a Tigers play for him. I don't know yeah, if he picked yeah. the Tigers nice play. play. It Zach was a Short. nice play. Yeah, yeah. It was a nice play. Yeah. Too bad uh, Zach Short's going to be the shortstop for the next little while. They <laughs> <laughs> better make plays like that. Oh. Fourteen pitchers. <laughs> <laughs> can a pitcher play shortstop? Because well, that's all we seem to draft. One can as pitch a Tigers and, uh, fan. lead off and hit uh, DH in the All Star game. They're changing the rules for one of them. Hell, if, the, if Jackson Job turns out to be the next Shohei Otani, I'll eat my words. But not a fan. Are you ready? And now it's time for Rapid Fire, where we debate topics in a shorter format. Italy won the Euro 2020 championship in dramatic fashion and penalty kicks over England. Saka has to score. It's saved by Donnarumma. And it's Italy who are the champions of Europe. Penalties prove to be the dagger in English hearts once more. Real heartache for England's young Lions. Three stepped up, Rashford, Sancho and Saka. It was just a little bit too much to ask. Did you guys watch the final and what did you think of the game and the tournament? You know I watched. Did you watch? I watched the penalty kicks. The the the, the, the score or whatever they call it at the end. The there. what? The score The score Is that what they call it? What's the score How can you, as a non-soccer fan... What's the score Scoro, You know, the, the, where the guy's just standing there in front of a six-foot man as a, a, a net almost as big as your TV and hits the post! <laughs> I don't I'm as a non-soccer fan I don't know how you can decide a championship on that they but, just played 120 minutes but in, don't they show me a better way and then we can have a conversation about it. in soccer isn't the isn't the game of soccer just one big keep away no and once you get into that extra time aren't they just even more conservative just to get down to that because I was mentioning in our in our group chat like if you're a soccer coach, if I'm Ted Lasso, sure, and I'm trying to to win a, a Euro Cup, don't I like my odds better in a in a scoro than I do <laughs> scoro? <laughs> try, trying to trying to work around somebody else's defense? You're going to give me the chance with the scorers that I have on my team against just on the goalie with no obstruction. I'll take that. But that's what England did. In fact, the coach subbed in two players but they late. They that up, didn't they, they? Yeah, he subbed in two players late who are known for being penalty shot takers. Yeah. And they both got stopped or Yeah, so he was trying to get score. To so I get that. I get that play. But in soccer, because you have 11 men on the pitch on either side, what you're trying to do is you're passing the ball around looking for an avenue to try to break through the defense. Mm-hmm. So that's what teams are trying to do. It's kind of like the chess match, right? You're trying to move your pawns around to try to get the the king. Mm-hmm. So that's why you see the ball move around so much, especially along the back end, as they're looking for an avenue to try to push the ball through. So that's why... Games are not high scoring. That's why mm-hmm. uh, there's a lot of passing and possession play mm-hmm. in soccer. Penalty kicks are 
like John Rashad going to the casino. You never know if you're going to win or not. So I'd rather you you play the game than instead of going to penalty kicks because you never know what happens. John, did, I, did you watch the game? I did, actually, and um, it was really exciting. I think because, um, like I said... Whoa, I, he said it was exciting! It was exciting. Um, you know why, though? I think because, like I said, I have a thing. So I was able so to watch... I was able to watch we, it. I was able to watch it. Before we get too far into this, shot. before yep. we get too yep. far into this, sorry to cut you off. You watched MMA and soccer in the same week? And Wimbledon. Oh, wow. my goodness! Jeez. The alternative ESPN, the Ocho over here. <laughs> John Rashad. <laughs> he wouldn't watch any of the mainstream sports. None of the four pro he sports. He watched ping pong, tennis. but <laughs> tennis, soccer, and MMA. Uh, What's they didn't have? Uh, they didn't have cornhole on on the weekend. Or what? I don't get up early enough for cornhole. That seems like it's on on Saturday mornings. What was on the uh, the the blind baking contest on, uh, on Sportsnet Pacific? Hold on, I want to hear John's analysis of the soccer. So do I. Match. So do I, John. It was good though, right? It was yeah, a good match. It was tense, and I think it was because um, I watched it on the BBC, and the announcers were so friggin' nervous, like that you could just hear the tension building through the whole match as it went longer and longer, and they thought, oh my god, Italy's coming on here, and you could just hear the tension building, and they were so nervous, and uh, I loved some of the terminology. One of them was a scrumptious pass, which I really yes. enjoyed. The, the, the commentary in soccer, especially English commentary, is among the best in the world. It's amazing. Best in the world. And... I think the coach was, you watched it on the BBC, John, so you know the coach was rightly criticized for making those subs at the end to try to get an advantage in the penalty kicks, and it backfired on him. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know as a player, think of any sport, Matt, not necessarily soccer, Mm because I know you're not into it. You've been sitting on the pine for 100 minutes, 115 minutes. And then coach calls you in. Oh, it's a, are you going to be? Re- are you, no, it's a terrible coaching decision. It's a terrible coaching. Are decision. Are you going to be? Maybe you're fresh. Sure, you're fresh, yeah, but you're standing still when you're kicking. Right, and you're you're cold. You're not even yeah. warmed up. You don't even have time to get into the match. Uh huh. Right. So, I think he's rightly criticized. John, what do you think? Yeah, that's exactly what the studio announcers were saying when they went back to the studio. They were saying, "Don't blame the players." who stepped up when they were asked. They could have sat on the bench and said, I'm not going into that situation. They all stepped up, were willing to do it, willing to take all of that pressure and put it right on their shoulders. They said, blame the coach for making that substitution so late and putting cold players on the spot to try and win a championship. Because England had other guys on the field who are good penalty takers. Mm -hmm. Grelish, for example, should have taken one of those kicks. And the coach decided not to. It's... Tough to say, it's a but big gamble to make if right. you're a coach. That's a big gamble. But yeah, even you know, even the shots. The there were four saves or three yes. saves. The one hit the post. You know, and I was giving it to you in our in our group chat again. Like, can can you not can you not lift the ball a little bit? 
Can you not go go bar down? You know like, what that is. Our <laughs> players are nervous about putting Absolutely. the ball over the net. Absolutely. And that's why they don't kick it overly high. They the just, one was... You try to guess the right side. The right? one that was Italy... I think it was Italy that was kicking was ridiculous where he, he moved in. The goalie dove to his right and he just kicked it right down, down the middle. Down the middle. Like yeah. about as hard as my four-year-old can kick a soccer ball. It, <laughs> it hardly got across the line. It's like, this is for a world championship, this guy? I bet you the English commentator was like oh that's cheeky that's a cheeky shot (laughs) that's a cheeky play (laughs) cheeky what else was going on in England Rashad in the world of sports well Matt there was the Wimbledon final oh yeah Wimbledon I did win money on Italy by the way so yeah there you go see I really shouldn't and did you win any money on Wimbledon yeah but I won on your girl Rashad I put a a couple bucks on your girl I got her at 386 or something like that John Rashad's betting corner comes through again didn't you have Ashley Barty yeah, yeah, I did. And then um, I thought I had Italy in uh, Euro, but when I went back and looked, I bet them for the World Cup. So that bet's open for a while. <laughs> <laughs> it's still a couple years away. You never yeah. know. Yeah. <laughs> hey, who do you got in the British Open? Because I got a couple of losers in my pinata. I'll yeah, so did that. I. Holy, so did I. I got your next door neighbor. I got uh, Steve. <laughs> Steve's my pick in the British Open. Never touched a club in his life. I think the guy they gave me missed the penalty shot in the England game. <laughs> Jeez. I'm the worst. I got Shane. <laughs> did you pick Djokovic to win it all too? Uh, yeah, I did. Yeah, I'm on a roll. I, I picked... Uh, uh, yeah, John Rashad's betting corner yeah. on Podcast FFC. So... Um, is Djokovic the best tennis player, men's tennis player in the world right now? Yeah, hands down. Hands down. There's nobody. Not even close, close right? No. What about the Canadians who made it far into the Wimbledon? Yeah, um, I think I think we might see um, a bit of a Canadian rising on the men's side in the next little while. Um, we look pretty good, actually, Canada. Um, good shot making and an ability not to get nervous in big points. Um, yeah, I think men's tennis in Canada is looking good in the future. You felt a couple of Canadian risings watching tennis before when you were shot, but they they don't seem to they seem to be flashes in the pan, right? Yeah. Like you think of Eugenie Bouchard did well at Wimbledon. Yeah, Milos Raonic did well at Wimbledon. Yeah, um, Bianca Bianca did well at the U.S. Open, right? She yeah. won the U.S. Open. Yeah, yeah. she did. So, but now they're faltering a bit, or they've been hit by injuries, or, mm-hmm. yeah. or what have you, right? Yeah. I was checking um, Bouchard's Instagram recently. She said she's rehabbing. So I don't know about that because uh, she beach? doesn't. <laughs> yeah, exactly. She wasn't at Grand Ben on the weekend. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's so funny because you watch all these other players. They're on the courts at Wimbledon practicing or they've got a shot of themselves on the court during a big match. And she's like, hey, guys, hitting up a movie in Las Vegas. <laughs> it's like, do you even play tennis anymore? What is going on? What is going on? Oh, great question. And uh, USA Basketball has lost two Olympic tune-up games in the last week to Nigeria and Australia. Coach Greg Popovich even got testy with a reporter after the Australia game. You asked the same sort of question, the same family of question last time, uh, where you assume things that are not true. When you just mentioned, you know, blowing these teams out, that's never happened. So I don't know where you get that. Can I finish? No, I mean, can I finish? You're saying that's not true. Your average mark. Can I finish my statement? It's like 30 points a game. In those two, in those last two tournaments, I was talking. Can I can I finish my statement? When you talk, 
You just told me that it's not true, and I'm telling you your average market. Are you going to let me finish my statement or not? So you'll be quiet now while I talk, and then I'll listen to you. Does USA Basketball have something to be concerned about? Not at all, actually. No way. I think when it comes time to play for real, they'll be fine. You know, you have to consider, yes, these guys are the best of the best, but they've all never played together. Pop is, you know, I think one of the, the great basketball coaches, maybe not just in basketball, but in in all of sport. Um, he's not going to lose to Nigeria and Australia in in games when it matters. Right. This is tune-up. This is learning plays. This is kind of like the guy that gets injured, that goes down and pitches in the minor leagues and only throws curveballs just to you know get loose at spring training or, or things like that. I think when, when it's on the line, I, I mean, you're, you're crazy to think USA basketball is not any better than Australia or Nigeria in one game. Yeah, I, I love the news conference, too. I thought it was great, actually. Pops the best. Yeah, Pops the best. I, I thought it was great. I don't think they have anything to worry about, John. All right, and I'm going to throw you guys a little bit of a curveball here. 14-year-old Zelia Avangar won the 2021 Scripps National Spelling Bee, so I wanted to give each of you a couple of words related to sports to see if you could spell them correctly. You guys, Okay. You guys? First of all, how impressive is she? Not only at spelling, but everything else Just she does. life. Yeah, like, she's a great athlete. Guinness right? Book of World Record holder, three-time, dribbling with uh, unicycle and all the other... What an unbelievable kid that is. And she's 14! Yeah. I was watching I that video. I don't know what video. I was doing when I was 14. <laughs> I, I was, was eating Fruity Pebbles when I was 14. <laughs> 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 I was watching that video going, hmm, when I'm sitting here watching sports eating popcorn, I'm impressed if I don't drop a kernel somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> the things you go running into the kitchen to, to tell Jill about to celebrate. <laughs> like, I want a standing ovation for changing a light bulb. This girl's done more in, in 14 years. She's impressive. She is really cool. Really cool. Okay, so we'll try to match her, John. What are your words? All right. So, you know me. I decided to go women's tennis for our first one. Great. Uh-huh. Okay. Agnieszka Radwanska. We just have to do the last name, right? We're not doing the whole name, are we? <laughs> because oh. I, I can't even repeat what you okay. just said. <laughs> so, I'll take the first one. Okay. Uh, what's the first name? Just say the first name. Okay. Agnieszka. Agnieszka. Can you use it in a sentence? <laughs> Agnieszka Radwanska became a mom in 2020. <laughs> Would you like the origin? Agnieszka. It's Polish. Okay. Agnieszka. A G N I C H K A. Oh, close. Manny, did you want to take a shot? Oh. I want a shot at the last name, not whatever that was. <laughs> the first oh, name. is there a J in there? God bless you, John. Whatever you said. <laughs> Agnieszka. <laughs> no J. Did you want to go Isn't for that a what they say when they sentence people to death? Sure. Agnieszka. <laughs> sure. What do, you get, what do I have to spell? Okay. Agnieszka. It's Polish. Well, you get to write it down. A-G-N-I-S- 
AKA. Nope. That <laughs> wasn't even finished and he was already sewering <laughs> me. The worst, not the worst judge of this ever. Oh. <laughs> four words, four letters into the word. Are you sure you you're going it? with that letter? <laughs> how do you spell it? Okay, how do you okay. spell it? A G N I E S Z K A. Oh my goodness. So we I missed the E and the Z. Yeah, what did I, you? Had, uh, I had I uh, had well, I got A G and I. <laughs> Aggie. And I think Isn't I got the A at it? the end. I think I got the okay. A at the end. Okay, what what's the next word? Okay. We'll try to redeem ourselves here. Women's tennis again. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Garbinia Mugarutha. Oh, okay. The origin Mugarutha. is in Spanish. Oh, okay. Mugarutha. I'm write this down. Mugarutha, M-U-G-A-R-U-T-H-A. No, that is incorrect. Okay, what is it? Muga, what's the last name? Yeah, Mugarutha. Mugarutha. That is the correct Spanish pronunciation. And it's Spanish? (laughs) It's a strange... Okay, so let's say... um, M A U G U R U T H A. I threw you guys a curveball because it's um, it's Italian, so it's actually M U G U R U Z A, and it's pronounced Mugarutha. If you can believe that. So the oh. Z replaced the T H. Oh my! Okay. Oh, you got any more fun things for us to do, Rashad? Well, I, I got one more <laughs> for on you. A, this one isn't okay, easy. One but, more. Yeah, I thought you guys might get this because you're baseball fans. <laughs> so I thought I'd give you an easy one. Okay. Hernandez. <laughs> H-E-R. <laughs> Jared Saltamachia. Ah, oh, oh. salty. Jared Saltalamachia. <laughs> oh, I screwed that up, didn't I? J E A G R U. So it's it's Salta S A L T A. I'm pretty sure it's A's all the way through. So L A M A C C I A. Oh, very close. What is it? Okay, it's S A L T A L A M A. C C H I A. H I A. Right. Oh. I think I mispronounced that, but you knew it anyway. <laughs> That's okay. Oh, okay, I got one for you, Rashad. Oh, God. Okay. <clears throat> okay. Since you're a hockey fan, ready? Yep. Okay. Nikolai Boroshevsky. Oh, God. <laughs> I am, the Maple Leafs great. Yeah. Oh boy. Do I have to do both names? No, you can just do the last name. Nikolai, I think yep. Nikolai is pretty straightforward. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, I wanted something easy there. <laughs> <laughs> not, uh, not as fun sitting in that chair, is it, John? <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna blow this. Do you get to heckle people in a spelling bee? <laughs> <laughs> we were the time we watched the spelling bee. Yes, we yeah. did. We did, those poor kids. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm going to get this wrong. B-O-R-A-C... 
Z- I'm going to go H. No, it's not. Yeah, okay. H E V S K I. And that is not even close. Oh my god, you were pretty That's close. That's pretty though. close for shot. Um, B O R S H. Ah. Sorry, B O R S C H E V S K Y. Oh yeah, uh, I so you were pretty close. Not bad, John. Not bad. That that's pretty good. So we can say that uh, Zela Avant Garde is not going to call on us for not any lifelines and any spelling bees in the future. That was a horrible performance. Yeah, yeah. I'm back to eating popcorn and bragging about not spilling it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And back by popular demand, another edition of Pump It or Dump It, a request from our listeners. So we're going to make this a regular feature, I think. Uh, In honor of the upcoming Calgary Stampede, which is underway, Kira from Calgary, Alberta, has requested this song. Two straws, one shot, girl, I got you. Bougie like Natty in the styrofoam. Squeaky, squeaking in the trumpet all the way home. Some Alabama jamma, she my Dixieland delight. That's how we do, how we do. Fancy like. That song is called Fancy Like by Walker Hayes. Pump it or dump it. When did all the country artists become like GQ models at the same time? <laughs> did you see this guy? Yeah. 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 Actually, the song's pretty good. I'm not a huge country guy, but mm. I I like the odd country song. I'd pump it. It's all right. Yeah, I'm yeah. not I'm not ready to fully endorse it, but not it's, ready to fully endorse not it. Not ready to fully endorse it. But uh, you can you don't have to pump it. You can turn it up a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Just a little bit. Hey, turn that up a little bit. John, what about you? Do you like country music? Uh, I don't mind it because my wife works on a country station, so I listen to a lot of it and uh, I've come to like more of it than I thought I would. So yeah, I would pump that. Ah, Wait, how's okay. Gretchen Wilson Homewrecker? Is that still number one on the charts, Rashawn? <laughs> I think that song might be 50 oh. years old. <laughs> <laughs> that might be your favorite song of all time, Matt. Homewrecker. <laughs> so thank you to everyone who sent in questions and comments, and you can do that too. Our email address is forfutureconsiderations at gmail.com. You can also message us on our social media accounts for future considerations on Facebook or at Podcast FFC on Twitter and Instagram. That is where you will find some great content, stories, videos, details about upcoming podcasts and previous episodes, too. Yeah, and go back and listen to some of the great conversations we've had on previous episodes, such as Wyatt Johnston of the Windsor Spitfires, who we just had on last week, uh, Ethan Burroughs of the Owen Sound Attack, getting ready for the NHL draft, Mike Feuda, two-time Stanley Cup champion with the Los Angeles Kings, who knows a few things uh, about the draft as well. Some outstanding conversations that you can uh, enjoy as you uh, you go through scrumptious tastes, I would suggest, <laughs> going through the past 50 episodes of For Future Considerations. And I think you should really go back and listen to the previous episode where uh, Matt and Manny got a little testy over Kucherov. I thought you guys might come to blows there for a little bit. <laughs> Loved it. Good content, Rashad. It's good content. Loved it. (laughs) That was the first time I was a little worried there. (laughs) It only took 50 episodes for you to get worried? (laughs) Worried that we might fight. Worried about anybody really listening is, is I think, episode three. (laughs) And uh, we'll also try our uh, hand at a mock draft. And uh, we'll do that coming up on uh, episode 52 next week. 
You guys get to wear your NHL GM hats, huh? Yes, yes. That's great. We also want to thank our sponsors, uh, London Awnings, Quality That Shows. And Shane Topolovic, Next Level Athletics in Windsor, specializing in sport training, nutrition, and bailing on their friends when we need them the most. (laughs) He's getting ready to open his gym. Isn't that what he's doing? I know. Yeah, he's open. He's excited. He's posting videos of him doing chin-ups with a belt, and he can do two. Yes. I don't know if that's... The guy you want training the other guy. He had a two-pound two weight on his belt, I think he did. So a little Mickey of vodka on the other side of the belt. I was gonna say, what was in those holsters? <laughs> the chaps, really, it's uh come one, come all at next level athletics. <laughs> I think he might need an OnlyFans account, I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I didn't know you could post that stuff on Instagram, yeah. but it's called Happy Hour. <laughs> <laughs> so stay tuned later this week. The OT will be released on Friday. And until then, keep the feedback coming. We really enjoy it. Join the debate online. And thanks for listening to For Future Considerations. That was a disgraceful performance, in my opinion. In my opinion, that sucked. Their mentality's awful. Their attitude's awful. It's been their M.O. for the last three years. Tonight I saw and heard one of the most disgusting, rudest, sick demonstrations in my entire career. Probably the worst. It's garbage. And the editor that let it come out is garbage. You're still here? It's over. Go home.